Good afternoon, Woke Fam. It's Scott here from Woke Societies, and it's great to be back here after two days of no internet and no power. Hurricane Isaiah nailed us, trees down everywhere. The, it was, it was a, an absolute mess, but we're back. We're safe. Everything's good. I got to spend more time with my family and do some things around the house. It was a great time, and I'm glad to be back on the grind because there's so much news to talk about. And today, we're going to be covering the Sally Yates hearing with all the sound clips from that, Joe Biden's absolute destruction of his own image with all the racist, new racist things he said. We all have that today. And we even have a judge calling for Julian Assange's testimony in regards to Seth Rich and his family. So many things coming out. And also to top it off, AG, the attorney general from New York, is calling for the NRA to completely to be disbanded and they are suing the NRA at the same time. So if you didn't think our Second Amendment rights were uh, under attack, you are wrong. So this is what I call the democratic death spiral. We're going to talk about today, but before we do, let's just hear a word from our sponsor. So you guys know I've been talking about for months. Again, we have Flip City Magazine, America's Last Laugh. This is a comedy satire magazine made by two beautiful people out in California who pour their blood, sweat, and tears into this magazine. They are completely independent and they do this on their own dime. Guys, this is Mad Magazine on steroids. The artwork in this is top notch and you will not be disappointed. This is a magazine that you're uh, your friends, your family, and your kids can read for the for ages to come, and you can put it on a shelf and keep it there for time's sake. And it's a snapshot of history. You can't go wrong with it. So, Scott, how much is this magazine, you ask? Well, I will tell you. When you go over to flipcitymag.com, you'll come over to their website. You have a link here to their descri- uh, to the subscription. When you click it, it brings you to their price page. And here we are. It is twenty dollars for a magazine for a year subscription, guys. That is four magazines, one per quarter, so it's five dollars a magazine that it breaks down to. And you can get the full year subscription, or you can get the one issue print. But guys, I'm recommending for five dollars a magazine. We aren't breaking your wallet on this one. So go check them out. And the best part is, guys, they are now shipping international. So the entire world can laugh with us at the same people that we make fun of on this channel all the time. So go to Flip City Magazine. Check them out. It's really worth it. It's a good time. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you are supporting this channel. So go check them out. Thank you guys for letting me do the sponsor as you always do. So what do I want to start, guys? I want to start with a video here from our from our president. And he all he simply said is drain the swamp. And this is where we're going to start our episode out today. Because remember, Obama, Hillary, all these people said they were all part of the peaceful transition of power when Trump came into power, right? I don't think so, and Trump doesn't think so either. So we're going to watch this video, and I'll see you guys on the other side of the intro. Take a watch. Trump will not be president. Highly critical, biased text messages between senior FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Payne. There will be no question about the outcome of this election. And she got ahead of herself. This utterly stunned this campaign. Uh, Head home. You should get some sleep. We'll have more to say tomorrow. Constitutional democracy enshrines the peaceful transfer of power. The peaceful transition of power is one of the hallmarks of our democracy. We want to do everything we can to help you succeed, because if you succeed, then the country succeeds. These declassified documents that were just released. Uh, officials in the Obama administration were asking for the identities to be unmasked of Americans. Unmasking of aides and staffers of the incoming president. The basic charge political spying. To disrupt the peaceful transfer of power. Unmasking of American citizens uh, could be a real problem. Why is it that the unmasking of Flynn somehow ended up in the pages of the Washington Post? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. The vice president said that yesterday, 
And then the last name on this list is Joe Biden. The Obama administration was bitter. They wanted to do everything they could to undermine the incoming Trump administration. Really designed to sabotage and really upend the new administration. An outgoing president and a vice president and a Washington Post columnist and the FBI setting up an incoming administration. Wow, that's a real conspiracy. And nobody wants to talk about it. Peaceful transfer of power, my ass. Thanks for tuning in to the land of the real. But it's like the twilight zone, the plan is surreal. It'll blow your mind when the plan is revealed. Bring your thoughts to light, all the plans they conceal. Grab your flashlight, it's time to go down the rabbit hole. It's dark and hell is hot, dealing with satanic souls. The tide is turning, patriots and now in control. Apply aggressive pressure right now until they fold, stay woke. Open up your eyes and keep them healed. All they do is lie, realize how everything is real. Through Project Looking Glass, the future is revealed. Future proves past, but there won't be any deals. Woke society's fam, you know it's time to go. Grab your popcorn, sit back now, enjoy the show. Severe non on the mic, so come on, enjoy the flow. The wave is rising and you know it's only gonna grow. All right, you ready to do this, guys? God, it feels so good to be back. I'm so glad to be back, everybody. Peaceful transfer of power, they said. Peaceful. And we want to do everything we can to make sure you can do the best job possible, Mr. Trump. Yes. Lying directly to his face. Man. Man, well, we're going to see more people lying directly to other people's faces right now because I have the breakdown of the Sally Yates trial that happened yesterday. Not trial, but hearing yesterday. And she was being grilled by the Judiciary Committee, and it was great to see. I wasn't able to see it, but thank God other people were, and they got clips, and my man Methods is always on it. And first up that we're going to hear from is Sean Halley destroying Sally Yates. Let's take a watch here, and we'll get the show started. Final question. I noticed that you, you said, Ms. Yates, to the IG, that you didn't know who Christopher Steele was working for. In fact, you opined to the IG that you thought... Maybe he was working for the Republican Party. Of course, we know from Steele himself, Steele told the IG that he, Steele, told the FBI in July of 2016 that he'd been hired by the Democrats. We also know that your deputy, Bruce Orr, knew that Steele was working for the Democrats. And the same deputy, Bruce Orr, your deputy, while he was working for you, was actively facilitating contacts between the FBI and uh, and uh, Steele, and also between the State Department and Steele. How did this happen on your watch? Is it, is it normal for you to permit your deputies to facilitate contacts between political parties and the FBI and the State Department? Is that routine behavior? Permitting Bruce Orr to do anything. As the Inspector General found, I was completely unaware of Bruce Orr's actions. I'm sorry, could you, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. Can you repeat that? I wasn't allowing Bruce Orr to do anything, as the inspector general found in the IG report to which you have referred, that I was completely unaware of Bruce Orr's actions. And Bruce Orr had no involvement from our side in any of the Russian investigation or the Carter Page files. I just say in conclusion, Mr. Chairman, that I, we, I seem to detect a pattern here. There's, Ms. Yates testifies she has no idea what her deputy is doing as he facilitates 
contact between a political party opposition research and the FBI. She has no idea that these, these applications that she signed materially misled a federal court. Just as Rosenstein said, he had no idea. Nobody appears to know anything in this government, and yet somehow a federal court was deliberately and systematically misled so severely that they now say they can't trust anything that the FBI did. If this doesn't call for a cleaning of house at DOJ and the FBI, I don't know what is. And I just know that Bruce Orr is still on the payroll at the Department of Justice. Thank you, Mr. And Bruce Orr is still on the payroll for the Department of Justice, which is really disgusting. But from what I'm gathering from my friends that did watch this while I couldn't, um, this was the main theme of the entire hearing was deflection, punting the ball down the field, saying that, oh, I was not not aware of these actions. I wasn't aware of my superior's actions. But when we look at notes from uh, Peter Strzok and all these other things that uh, that D class that we have, we we see that in January of 2017, the FBI already knew that that Flynn he was had he was cleared. He had they, they did not think he was part of any of this. They were clearing his name, but yet they still continued which is really, really disgusting. But we, are, we already know this story, but now we're hearing it from Sally Yates and it's going to get worse. Here's, here we go. This is, I'm not sure his name, Mr. Uh, Kennedy here that's going to grill Sally Yates next. Watch this. You said that the Steele dossier um, with hindsight may not have been completely accurate. You're investigating a president of the United States and you didn't check to see if it was accurate? Let me put it another way. Let's suppose my staff came to me tomorrow and said, we have, a, uh, I we have evidence that Chairman Graham is colluding with China to influence the, the presidential election. <laughs> and uh, I say, okay, what's the basis of that? White House. And they say, uh, we have a reliable source that we can trust, and we want you to call him out. And I go out and call him out with verifying the reliable source. Am I, is, am I not like a rock, only dumber? Isn't that what you did? You and her, I don't even know what her response was, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, they have been caught, and now they're going to start turning on each other. And this is exactly what we're going to see in this next clip. It's only 13 seconds, but it's enough to see where this clown show is going. One more clip here, and we'll get into the rest of the content. Take a watch. When, when, when you heard about the interview, you got upset, didn't you? I was upset that Director Comey didn't coordinate that with us and acted unilaterally. Yes, I was. Okay. Did Comey go rogue? Then you could use that term, yes. You can use that term, yes. Did Comey go rogue? And now the finger pointing is going to be, it's already started. It's, it started a couple of years ago with Clapper and James Brennan. They, uh, they you know, this, this, this clown show was not going to end. They're going to die in this hill no matter what, this Russia hill. And it, it's, they're going to they're gonna continue to point the blame up and it's going to continue to go up. And I didn't realize these hearings start as far as the players go from the bottom all the way up. I thought they would start at the top all the way down, but apparently that's not how these things work. So I don't know what happens next after this. I don't know. what. Apparently Graham was kind of protecting Yates in, in this hearing. It was also things that I've heard. Again, I wasn't able to watch it this time um, or else I'd give you a better synopsis of what is going on here. But either way, this is what I call the democratic death, death spiral. 
this is what's going on here, and it's really crazy to see it play out now. And even worse, this is from Catherine Heritage here for, on Twitter. This is from uh, this is from Sally Yates herself. Former Deputy A.G. Yates testifies that Lindsey Graham she wouldn't have signed Carter Page FISA if she had known about FBI errors. Logan Act came up in January 2017 White House meeting, but could not say who raised it. And Comey went rogue on Flynn interviews. So we have Yates here saying if she knew what she knew now from her superiors, and she's saying she has no idea. Remember that she has no idea any of this stuff was going on. She was just taking orders. She wouldn't have done what she did. And we're seeing this common theme among all these players. If I had known that, Mr. Graham, I wouldn't have done any of this stuff. It's completely illegal. It's crazy. But yet here we are. The Republicans are sitting here. It's like, but you did. And you did know this was going on because it says here in the notes. So I don't know, guys. The truth is pretty blatant to the rest of us, but apparently the Democrats know this. They're going to continue to die on this hill, and it's going to get worse. And the and the funny part about all this is, is that it's not just stopping here. Apparently, John Durham is setting to interview John Brennan, and it's August fifth, and it's a little concerning. But again, I don't know how these how these uh, interviews go, how how any of this works as far as time. I know the COVID got in the middle of all this, so to me, is is it when he when I hear that. John Durham is set to interview John Brennan. Now it's like, to me, it's like this should have been done last year. But again, that's just me wanting to see results. But it says here in the article from the Washington Examiner, U.S. Attorney John Durham will soon interview former CIA Director John Brennan. Another sign that the investigation of the Trump-Russia investigators is ready to wrap up by the end of the summer. Durham, the federal prosecutor from Connecticut, appointed by Attorney General William Barr to investigate the origins of the Crossfire Hurricane Inquiry and to scrutinize the conduct of law enforcement and it says here he has asked to interview Brennan, according to people familiar with the request cited by NBC News, and the former top spy and voracious, voracious Trump critic has reportedly agreed to the sit-down. The same report cites sources who, who suggest Durham's inquiry may be nearing the finish line. And like we all know, we knew August was going to be hot, and it's been burning. It's been burning. I didn't get to talk about the uh, the Beirut blast and all the fires that happened yesterday in France and um Whoever else, there was a bunch of fires. There was some in China. There was a bunch of fires, but this guys, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the this is the crescendo that's coming, the death spiral that's going to explode at some point. John Durham is set to interview John Brennan, but we'll have to wait and see. But the funny thing is, some people on the other side of this, they're telling these people, including Brennan, maybe Clapper, Comey, top Mueller prosecutor, is urging DOJ officials to resist. Bar investigations, and that's really funny coming from a Mueller prosecutor of all people knowing what we know now. Also from the Washington Examiner says, one of the former special counsel, Robert Mueller's top prosecutors, urged Justice Department officials to consider refusing to cooperate with two politically charged investigations overseen by Attorney General William Barr. At this point, this, these people are straight up telling Comey, all these spygate actors don't even cooperate with them. This is panic mode. This is absolute desperation. And this guy's name is Andrew Weissman, a former Justice Department official who was known as Mueller's pit bull during the Russia investigation. You know, the investigation that led to absolutely nothing at all struck a sense of urgency in a New York Times op-ed on Wednesday. And of course, it was the New York Times op-ed. What a surprise on that one. On Wednesday, noting that there are 90 days until an election contest that will almost certainly pit President Trump against former Vice President Joe Biden. And again, they're saying... 
This is being used for political reasons, and I bet it is in Trump's uh, campaign going to be used in, in some ways, because why not? You're going to trash the uh, party. Joe Biden was part of all this. He was part of all this. He was part of unmasking Flynn. He was all part of this. He was one of the guys that attempted it. So, yeah, is he going to use this for political reasons? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? You're trying to win a presidential re-election. You're going to use this, but this is not. That is not the main focus here. This is to get justice. Because if we don't get justice now, I don't know when we're ever going to see justice in this country. So just real quick on Beirut, because I didn't get to weigh in on it. This was from Breaking 911, and the reporter asked, are you confident the Beirut explosion was an attack? And this is what Trump said. Dream. Uh, are you confident that this was an attack and not an accident? Well, it would seem like it based on the explosion. I've met with some of our great generals, and they just seemed to feel that it was. This was not a uh, some kind of a uh, manufacturing uh, explosion type of event. This was a... Uh, Seems to be, according to them, they would know better than I would, but they seem to think it was a uh, attack. It was a bomb of some kind, yes. Now, this is what I had lined up, guys, for on Tuesday night before we lost internet and lost power. I wanted to talk about this, but we're not going to talk because it seems to me it's almost already old news at this point, but it was still devastating to see the explosion, still devastating to see when the, when the explosion rose up and the clouds dispersed. The way they did, to me, the clouds dispersing just minus the destruction it did on the ground. That was the most disturbing thing to me because when I looked at it, to me, it looked like almost like a mini nuke going off. And it was scary, man. The, the, the videos I had, there was a whole, I watched five or six videos of it, the whole montage of people filming it and then getting blown back, buildings getting destroyed. It looked like a bomb, a huge bomb went off. And the whole entire sketchy thing that I want to talk about real quick is the fact that Israel put out a statement saying immediately that they had nothing to do with it. Very strange. And I'm already talking about more Israel stuff on my Twitter lately, and I've been getting anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. You're anti-Israel. No, it's called researching. It's called researching the facts and not letting your emotions get in the middle of it because I was not privy to the whole entire Israel side to all this until I became awoke to a lot of the crap going on today. But I I just thought it was strange that, you know, we have Bill Clinton as a pedo trending and all these other things coming out about Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. And then, of course, of course, of course, we have something like this happen. And then yesterday, it seemed like the world was on fire. So... I don't really have any much else to say about that. There is a video out there right now that's showing um, negatives of the video that look that kind of look like a missile coming through, but it looks to me it's fake, guys, so just be careful what you share and all the other stuff, but that's as much as I want to talk about on the Beirut thing, but it's really it's really sad, but my whole entire thing, my, my two cents before my power went out was my guess is that Israel was dropping up Ghislaine Maxwell into the inferno. Prove me wrong. I was trying to make fun of it, Again, tying the Israel side to it because of Mossad and all that. But of course, if you don't know that, you're gonna con- you're gonna take these comments as being anti-Semitic, which is not the case whatsoever. I have nothing against Israeli people, Jewish people, none of that stuff. I have nothing against any particular people at all. Love everybody, but the people who were part of these ne- of atrocities and other things going on, they need to be held accountable, and that's including the Israel government. I don't care what anyone has to say. Do your own research to figure that one out. So. To switch gears here, Joe Biden has been coming out more and more and more. He's coming out of the hole a little bit more to talk, and each time he talks, he buries himself into the ground even more. I don't know if this, I think this is from today. 
This was from today, or no, this is from yesterday. I have another clip from of today. This is from the Trump war room. It says Biden, no, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying, saying you before you got in this program. If you take a test, where are you taking co- cocaine or not? What do you think, huh? Are you a junkie? It's going to sound way better coming out of his mouth. Take a watch. A cognitive No, test. I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean... I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, it's too late for that, Joe. (laughs) It's too late. It's too late for that, Joe. And it's just what are you talking about, man? Now, I remember reporting that uh, Joe Biden did say he had taken cognitive tests and he passed them. And now he's saying he doesn't take them, hasn't taken them at all. And then when he's talking about this whole junkie thing, I'm just shocked that that the PR team let him say anything in reference to cocaine or being a drug addict, considering Hunter Biden, his own son, is a junkie and a drug addict. Like, you're just serving yourself up for the Trump team to completely eviscerate you. These are clips they have. They're on the Trump War Room Twitter. They're posting them already. If you don't think he's already got these set up for the debates, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And my whole thing is, you'll get my opinion in just a moment, because this one, this one, this clip's even worse here. This one's even worse. This is from today. This is 13 seconds. Watch this one. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. You guys didn't catch that. He's comparing the African-American community to the Latino community. He said, unlike the African-American community, I'll play it again. People don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. So I guess the African-American community is not a diverse community. Incredibly different attitudes about different things. What you all know, but most people don't know, <laughs> unlike the African-American community with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. It's unreal. If that's if had Donald Trump had said this, the entire country would be on fire right now. It'd be all over every news outlet, but we know what's going to happen. The media is going to insulate him. Their team is going to insulate Biden as much as they can because they have no other choice at this point. My thing is with all this, because it's becoming more and more and more obvious that there is no way Biden is going to be at the, on that stage debating the president. I can't see it happening. I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee, to be completely honest. I don't think he's going to be. How can he be? He's backtracked on so many things, and I don't even know what his platform is besides that the post office is the one in, it was one of the few one of the few play organizations that's uh, that's that's supporting body and that should be a re- that should be a huge concern for everybody in this country because the mail-in voting and the mail-in ballots I mean what the hell is going on and if you if I just don't I just don't know how you can be I, how can you possibly be a candidate for this when you're talking like that
It's just, I don't understand. And Trump had a response to this uh, thing this very morning. Look at Trump's response to what Joe Biden said about the black community. Joe Biden Biden this morning totally disparaged and insulted the black community. What he said is incredible. And I don't know what's going on with him, but it was a very insulting statement he made. And I guess you'll figure that out. You'll see it in a little while. But it was a great insult to the black community. Absolutely was. And Trump knows what's going on, man. He knows he's on the de- he knows Joe's on the decline and he's going to continue to sit back and let his enemies destroy themselves because that's what he's been doing up until this point. Playing this 5D chess game that we're all seeing play out. And the funny part about it is there is an article that we're going to see right now. We're going to see this right now from the New York Post. Michelle Obama says she's an she has low-grade depression and she blames Trump. Before we get into the article, I doubt it's because of Trump. I'm assuming it's probably because of the shit that Joe Biden, the shit that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth on a daily basis now, especially about the black community, which obviously she is a part of. But she's blaming Trump for low-grade depression. This is what she had to say. Former First Lady Michelle Obama says she's suffering from low-grade depression, in part because of President Trump. I'm dealing with some form of low-grade depression, not just because of the quarantine, but because of the racial strife and just seeing this administration. Watching the hypocrisy of it day in and day out is dispiriting. Obama said in her new podcast that Twitter and Spotify, everyone is promoting out right now. The Obamas still live in D.C. Their home is less than two miles from the White House in a quiet neighborhood of mansions. First daughter, Ivanka Trump, lives around the corner. The former first lady remains revered revered by Democrats and said she tries to keep up routines such as working out to feel better. You want to know why she's depressed? Because her husband is going to be ousted as a spy and a traitor of this country that she was a part of. And on top of it, the man that Obama literally said in a video to Joe Biden, in a campaign video for Joe Biden, said, I embrace you because you're one as my one just like my family. And to say that, to say that, you're one like my family while the man is is making fun of an entire race and degrading an entire race of people in front of the entire country. These clips have thousands and thousands of views. And this is the man that's going to support and have black values on the forefront, Latino values in the forefront. It's just a joke. It's an absolute joke at this point. It's an absolute joke. And there is another reason why Michelle might be having some more depression and maybe why Joe Biden is more on edge than lately. Because of this story right here. This is from FCC. FBI raids optimal management group linked to Ukrainian oligarch. And this, nobody was expecting this. We're still waiting on more information on this. But I saw this break as I was getting power back. Agents of the FBI and the Internal Revenue Service on Tuesday raided two offices belonging to Optima Management Group, a company with ties to Ukrainian oligarch federal law enforcement sources, tell CBS News. Now, why is this important? Because we know that Biden and Hunter and Obama, they all had dealings with the Ukrainian government. We knew they were doing shady things. And we knew what Biden did when he he did the whole quid pro Joe thing with the prosecutor that was investigating his son, was going to withhold bank loans of uh, like a billion dollars and said, if you don't get rid of this prosecutor, there goes your loan. They end up caving to Joe Biden's demands. And here you have it, the quid pro Joe, which they also accused Trump of doing, which didn't go anywhere as well. It's just really funny. But now the federal agents conducted the raid of Optima Management's offices in Miami and Cleveland as part of an investigation out of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Ohio, which has been ongoing for more than a year, for more than a year, a source said. 
Agents are believed to have seized items, including computers and laptops. However, an exact description of what was taken by federal agents is not publicly available. Now, the reason why this is uh, a big deal is Kalaminsky also has ties to the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, a comedian whose television show aired on a network owned by the oligarch, the Daily Beast reported. During impeachment proceedings into the President Trump's dealing with Zelensky, several witnesses testified about the new Ukrainian president's relation relationship with Kalaminsky. So we're seeing a lot of ties here. Daily Beast, of course, is going to tie some kind of negativity to Trump through this investigation, which is not surprising at all. And you kind of just have to smirk and laugh at it like I'm doing right now because you just get so desensitized to all this. It just it, nothing surprises you anymore. So this is still an ongoing story that we're still going to be waiting to see what happens. But the fact that these offices were raided by the FBI and they're keeping it pretty uh, tight, tight, tightly sealed here. We'll have to see what comes out of it because we know Ukraine is a hotbed for corruption and who knows what they're going to find. So you tell me, this is why people are asking, well, where's Hunter? Where's, where's Bill Clinton? Where's all these people at? Where are they? Where are they? And why is nobody asking these questions as to where are they? They want to talk about bullshit every single day. So in the midst of all this, and I've been telling people throughout the months since I've been doing this, with this whole entire, all these democratic narratives that have been pushed, these investigations that have been pushed, don't sleep on Julian Assange. I truly believe still right now that Julian Assange is the trump card that's going to be played, that's going to completely bury the Democrats, and it's going to be coming out of left field because not any, really there's not a lot of people paying attention to Julian Assange. This news broke uh, yesterday from Ivan Penchikov. This is, I think this is guy, this is the from Epic Times. So f- news, Fox News invokes Hague Convention to request testimony by Julian Assange in the case brought by the family of Seth Rich. Order signed by U.S. Judge today, Fox News agrees to bear costs. They're calling for Julian Assange to testify for the family of Seth Rich because they want to, they want answers. They want to know what happened to their son. And rightfully so. And now this article here from the Gateway Pundit further dives into this. A New York magistrate judge is requesting testimony from WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange in a case involving slain DNC voter data director Seth Rich. U.S. Magistrate Judge Sarah Netburn requested the international assistance in order to get the testimony because he's still, I think it's, where is he, Ecuador? I don't even know where he is at this point. I forgot what country. He's being held in some country. I just don't remember. The parents of Seth Rich are suing Fox News and Judge Netburn wants Assange to testify on Seth's role in the leaked DNC documents. Julian Assange has repeatedly said the documents did not come from Russia and Robert Mueller interviewed hundreds of witnesses. And remember, this is important. This gigantic Robert Mueller investigation that we just mentioned earlier in the episode, he interviewed hundreds of witnesses in his anti-Trump witch hunt, but never, never got around to questioning Julian Assange, who was the source of the leaked DNC documents. Now, why wouldn't Mueller investigate or interview Julian Assange? Probably one of the most, the most important people in this entire, this entire investigation. Well, the parents of Seth Rich believe he had nothing to do with the leaked documents to WikiLeaks, but they may not like what they find out because we're all under the impression that Seth Rich was the one that leaked the DNC emails. And on November 9th, and I'm going to play this video because it's important. He for- is scheduled to be used. Oh, hold on, guys. 
I don't know where that came from. On November 9, 2016, Ellen Ratner admitted publicly that she met with Julian Assange for three hours that Saturday before the 2016 election. According to Ratner, Julian Assange told her the leaks were not from the Russians. They were from an internal source from the Hillary campaign. Let's watch. I know we all hate, I hate these media people. They're the worst, awful, <laughs> awful. But don't get hung up on it because it really it doesn't have that much of an effect. And they did report the emails Wikipedia. They they went after Hillary. WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Yeah, excuse me. By the way, just FYI, I, I met with. I gotta take a WikiLeak. I, I I I spent three hours with Julian Assange on Saturday, at the Ecuadorian embassy yeah, get in this. London. Listen to this. Go ahead. Well, I did. Yeah. But one of the things he did say is that the leaks were not from, uh, they were not from the Russians. They were an internal source. Uh, from the Hillary campaign or from, from somebody that knew Hillary, an enemy. Uh, he does not think they're from Russians. And he said Russia got credit for something WikiLeaks should have gotten credit for. And they're joking around about it. They're joking around about it. Seth Rich was murdered. He was murdered for being a patriot. He was on the DNC team. He was one of Hillary's guys. And he was murdered on the street. Why would that happen? That's still being investigated. It's still uh, still unknown. I think it's uh, MS-13 that was tied up with that, possibly. I don't have to um, go through the cobwebs there and, and brush on that up. But the problem is, the last line here from the article, Rich was murdered before the election in 2016, late at night in Washington, D.C. What's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, when Julian Assange comes out and says, Seth Rich was the one that gave me those emails and I leaked it. Julian Assange said to this reporter here in 2016 that why the hell is Russia getting the credit for all this? We were the ones that leaked it. What's going to happen when people find out that Hillary had some kind of order put out or somebody in that administration or the DNC put an order out to kill Seth Rich? You don't think Julian Assange has some information about that? And what kind of picture that's going to paint for the country when that comes out? Oh, boy. Oh boy. This is what I'm saying, people. This is that to me, this is some of the biggest news of, of the year so far that this is even happening. Because I didn't I don't they still have to get Assange to testify. And whenever that is, it's going to be a bomb day. It really is. It's going to be booms everywhere. I hope and I hope it comes out because at least the family deserves to know what happened to their son. They do. There's millions of us that that are are almost 100% sure that this is what happened. But we want to hear it from the man himself, the one who had contact with Seth Rich, because that is going to blow the roof off on all of this, and it's going to be glorious. Let's transition gears here to some other news that happened yes last night, because we need to talk about social media because they have stepped up the level of censorship, and it's getting worse. This is from Washington Post. Facebook, Twitter penalized Trump for post containing coronavirus misinformation. Now, the original story was that Trump's Twitter, his own personal Twitter was taken down, but it looks like that wasn't the case. This was actually Team Trump. Twitter penalized Team Trump, the president's campaign account. An earlier version of this article said that Twitter penalized President Trump's account. Facebook and Twitter on Wednesday took extraordinary action against President Trump for spreading coronavirus misinformation after his social after his official and campaign accounts broke the rules respectively. Broke the rules. 
So in the removed video, President Trump can be heard in a phone interview saying schools should open. He goes on to say, if you look at children, children are almost, and I would almost say definitely, but almost immune from the disease. Didn't say they are, but almost immune from the disease, and they have a stronger immune system. The twin actions came roughly three months before the elections in which Trump's performance on coronavirus is a key issue, and the social media companies have made it clear in recent months that they will not tolerate misinformation on the global pandemic, but they will push information that is fed to us from the WHO, which is directly, they should just be called Chinese propaganda. That is what social media is pushing onto us, and if you argue against it, you are going to get censored, you are going to get taken down. And it doesn't matter who you are because obviously they will go after the president and his team literally three months before an effing election. <sighs> they better slam the hammer on these on, on big tech because we, we are under siege, guys. We are completely under siege. I want to see them get, I want to see them pay more than anybody. Just as much as anybody, I want to see these these people pay. They're going they're going after the president. If you don't think we're under attack, you're you're out of your mind. You're absolutely out of your mind. And you want to know the worst part about this guys, the the, the one that the one that the, the knife the knife twist. This is the person that took down the tweet. Awful. Awful optics for Twitter to have the former press secretary for Kamala Harris this was the moderator that took down and suspended Trump's, uh, the Team Trump account, a finalist to be Joe Biden's running mate, explaining this. This is Nick Pasilio. The original tweet from Team Trump is in violation of the Twitter rules. I swear if I hear that, I don't know how many times I've seen this, on COVID-19 misinformation, and we re- we've required removal. You have Joe Biden's probably top pick, Kamala Harris, the running mate for vice president. And you have a the former press secretary of Kamala Harris moderating and making decisions to turn off Trump's Team Trump's Twitter account. And you want to talk about election interference and spit in our faces and continue to say Russia, not that Russia is not going to do it still, but even in our own country, Twitter is allowing this to happen. It's, it's just baffling. It's so apparent. And people are still still lost in this. And it, it, it just it gets worse because there was stories yesterday. I, why was, I had, if I, for me to get internet, I had to go outside. And I'd get like smidges of it. My bars, would be, I'd be like one or two bars. So I was able to catch some of this yesterday. And on Facebook, I wasn't able to pull it up, but I'll read it off my phone. Because I, I put this in my Facebook this morning. This is from The Bias. The hashtag Save the Children was temporarily blocked on Facebook after it was linked to a baseless QAnon theory that there's a deep state with ties to a child sex trafficking ring. They are still calling QAnon theory, theories, conspiracy theories, being deep state ties to sex trafficking rings after news broke. News broke that Ghislaine Maxwell's doc, the new... Epstein documents that put Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton on the island with two underage girls with Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein there as well. And the island was known for having orgies. And every time there was testimony, it was always about young underage girls. So yesterday, Facebook and 
I think it was just Facebook yesterday. It wasn't Twitter doing this. Maybe it was Twitter. The same one censoring the president for talking about disinformation, supposedly disinformation according to them. Because we've all seen the stats on the on effects with children. It's it's not saying it hasn't happened, but it's very, 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 very low. But then you have Facebook clamping down on a hashtag that literally says, save the children. And I saw it yesterday. People sent me, I don't know how many, probably over 100 screenshots saying they, they put out hashtag save the children. And Facebook flagged it as harmful information because it's linked to a baseless conspiracy theory. But Black Lives Matter and all this other shit that's all over social media is allowed to run rampant. But when it comes to kids, though, when it comes to kids, no, we cannot have that. Anything to do with child sex trafficking, human trafficking, we ain't having it. Facebook, social media, the mainstream media have drawn their line, ladies and gentlemen. They've drawn their line. They're going to shill for foreign countries like China. They're going to interfere in our elections, which they already done. And they're going to protect the ones that actively involve themselves with child sex trafficking and human trafficking. They are protecting those people. I'm saying it right now. It's so obvious. And then you see stories like this. This is from Space Shot. Highwood producers movie, A Child's Voice. This was take this was the one that was taken off Amazon. Was removed from all platforms except Vimeo. Definitely worth watching his old video here. This is the guy that made the film. Watch this. This is a child abuse system that we have been living in for a very long time, and it's been allowed to go on. And I will not be silent about this because it affects every single one of us. The people on television who smile at you, who tell you stories, who give you news, are the ones who hide all of this from us. They are not talking about the real issues. They are distracting you with division issues. This is a unification issue. When the Maxwell Files came out 48 hours ago, I went on MSNBC, I went on CNN.com, and I looked at every single one of their headlines, and there was no mention of it whatsoever. They were talking about John Lewis's funeral. They were talking about Obama versus Trump. All of the bullshit that you and I hear every single day. And it doesn't matter what side of the political equation you're on on this. This is a child issue. This is a human issue. This is not a political issue. It has nothing to do with left versus right, Democrat versus Republican, liberal versus conservative, or anything you are or you identify with as in between. We are faced with a crisis of consciousness. This is a crisis of consciousness. And he has a great point. Everything that's out there that's being pushed, that wants to be pushed by the establishment, is about division. And I've been saying it since I started doing this channel. There is one thing that we can all get behind, no matter what race, what color, where you get from. It's protecting our children. That is a unifying Story, the unifying narrative to bring everybody together, but we cannot have that in this day and age at the current moment with the ones that are running social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. They are the platforms for our voices nowadays. They are the town halls. And if we can't talk there, then we are absolutely screwed at the current moment. But you have guys like that, guys like that, 
that made a video movie called A Children's Voice talking about this exact issue. Child sex trafficking to pedophiles and people that buy children like slaves. That is not allowed. Are you guys seeing what's going on? Are you waking up yet? I hope to God you are. I really do. Just some last news here because this was <laughs> living in New York. You just got to laugh at this crap at this point. So the attorney general here, what's her name? General Latita Leticia James. She put out on Twitter yesterday, and I saw this because I got my power back at this point. She was going to make a big, big announcement to the entire country at 11, 11, 11.30 a.m. this morning. And my first thoughts were, here we go. We're going to go talk about Trump's tax returns. That wasn't it. We're going to talk about Russia. That wasn't it. No, you want to know what? You want to know what the New York, New York State Attorney General is focusing in right now? You guys are going to laugh. She wants to dissolve the National Rifle Association and alleging financial fraud. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say the NRA is a perfect organization. There's probably, there's bad actors in almost every organization, and that's fine. But coming from an attorney general from New York, knowing the state that New York is in right now, it's a shit show. People are dying just as much as they are in Chicago, the cops, they don't want it. They, they're completely, their whole entire morale is gone. I don't even know how you could be a cop in this state, in the city at this point. She wants to worry about dissolving the NRA. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are running rampant all across, all across the city. All across the city. And she's a New York State Attorney General Leticia James on Thursday announced that she was seeking to dissolve the National Rifle Association claiming Members of the storied gun rights group have engaged in sustained financial fraud and misuse of the organization's funds. James said at a press conference that an investigation into the company's finances over the last 18 months revealed tens of millions of dollars in illegally misappropriated funds. Well, good job, Leticia James. I am so glad you were looking into this now because ultimately we know what this is about. Trump wasn't kidding when they said the Democrats would come after our Second Amendment rights. You know damn well if Joe Biden gets in the office, those rights are done. And it will ultimately lead to the end of this country. We lose our guns, that's it. We're done. We're done. This is what happens. This is what happens. But news did did come out that the NRA is doing a countersuit against her. But you just have to laugh. This is 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 part of the press briefing. Take a watch. And the co-chief of the enforcement section, Emily Stern. Just a few minutes ago, my office filed a lawsuit against the National Rifle Association to dissolve the organization in its entirety for years of self-dealing and illegal conduct that violate New York's charities law and undermine its own mission. And the co-chief of the enforcement... And yeah, she went on for I don't know how long... Everyone was kind of like, what the hell is this going to be about? And it's about the NRA. The NRA. And it's really, really scary to see these things happen and the attacks that, that are happening. Meanwhile, the, the, where you live, the city where you live burns down. And can you imagine living in a world where you go to buy a gun and because of who you associate yourself with, maybe politically 
or you're, you're known for a certain issue. What if you go to buy a gun and you're not allowed to buy a gun anymore because you're put on a list wrongfully, but it doesn't matter. You're still rejected. Well, this is exactly what happened to James O'Keefe as we wrap up today's episode. Look at this. I have been denied my constitutional right to bear arms. The FBI has erroneously, erroneously put me on the NICS background check system as a convicted felon. Are you James O'Keefe? The FBI has you on some list. Watch this one. Gentlemen, looking for anything in particular? Looking to looking for a shotgun. You have to run me through the the system, right? Yeah. The federal thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a federal background check. Okay. Denied. Denied? Denied. Oh, man, unfortunately, they denied you. Denied? You're an American citizen. You haven't done anything wrong. Now, all of a sudden, they're shoving a polo stick up your ass. Project Veritas, the videos. Oh, yeah. That's who I am. I don't know if that's somebody. That's why I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. I I recognize it. That's why I know the name. You're James O'Keefe? Yeah. Dude, I hope it's not to retaliate against me because of our I'm, journalism. I'm probably sure it is. I bet you it is. That's and you crazy. probably have a lawsuit on your hands. This is James O'Keefe in upstate New York outside this gun store. I was just denied my constitutional right to purchase a firearm. They gave me this piece of paper. I'm on some type of federal list. Apparently, the FBI has erroneously put me on an NICS background check system as a convicted felon. The problem, I'm not a convicted felon. I intend to go to a few more gun stores in the area, attempt to purchase a gun, and document what happens. I'm sorry. And he does, and he absolutely does. This is happening right now, and James O'Keefe, he could probably make, he's probably gonna be able to make a living just off of all the lawsuits he's won. Now he's gonna go after the FBI, and he can probably sue for a lot of money. Imagine going to a store, finding out a gun store, you're trying to buy a gun and you find out you're on a list for as a convicted felon and you've never convicted any kind of crime like that in your entire life, but it's just ha- this has to just be an error, right? And he was not able to buy a gun. That is the future, ladies and gentlemen, if this president, our president Trump does not win. It's scary. This is how close we are to losing everything. And this is why I left my job to do this full time because it is so important. We are literally fighting for our lives and our children's lives. And we are literally one generation away from losing it all. And that's just the truth. So we're gonna have to see what the rest of the week brings. Today's, yeah, today's Thursday. Tomorrow, guys, I'm gonna be on with Methods at three o'clock Eastern to make up for the uh, Wednesday show that we couldn't do. And I'm also gonna be doing a interview with a future sponsor for two guys that are building a brand new, brand new social media platform that's going to hopefully be a game changer for the future to come, a place where no one has to worry about being censored or canceled. They're going to be on the show um, tomorrow night as well, but I'm also going to be doing a show in the afternoon with Methods to go over with the, to go over everything that's happened this week, and uh, we're going to have our show. So be in store for that. So thank you guys. Thank you out for the podcast world. Thank you everybody that was able to uh, join. Thanks for waiting for me, guys, for the two days. In the live stream that I put on outside, what I was outside for four minutes, I got 15,000 views. You guys, you guys, thank you. You are the backbone of this channel, and I appreciate each and every one of you. So on the way out, check out my store. You guys can see the merch on the side there. There's so much more in the links below. Go check out FlipCityMag.com, the amazing magazine, and check out all my other uh, links and profiles for anything that you guys need from me and wherever you can reach me are all 
down below. So thank you, everybody. Stay safe, stay warm, and always stay woke.